Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of X Knows All. I am really excited to go over this particular person today. I feel like he's the type of person who not a lot of people know a lot about, whereas he actually has quite a lot of similarities as a lot of troubled teens, like his counterparts like Justin Bieber and Lindsay Lohan, but unlike Justin and Lindsay, no one really knows about the trials and tribulations that he has gone through. And I'm speaking about none other than Zach Efron. So to start off today's episode, I'm going to uh, begin with Zach's rise to stardom, his early breakout roles, his drug addiction, and why he stepped away from the spotlight for a period of time. Of course, his relationship with Vanessa Hudgens, more about his drug use and why I believe it was so low-key, and of course, what he's up to today. So let's get started. So Zac Efron was born in Royal Grande, California. His parents encouraged him to enroll in piano and voice lessons when he was in elementary school. But he was initially hesitant to pursue acting roles, but it was actually his piano teacher that encouraged him to try out for musical theater roles. Uh, his parents, his mom was really nurturing, and he dis- he describes his dad as a self-proclaimed, quote-unquote, man's man. Zach has quoted to say, he raised us with a firm hand and instilled in us, if you're going to do something, you need to do it right. So... Zach performed a few musical theater performances at the Pacific Conservatory of the Performing Arts, where he describes playing with college-age theater kids. And he was put into a really kind of, he was put into a place where he was surrounded by people that were more mature than him, that had more experience than him. And he described these college kids as kind of like being carefree and they were different from the folks that he went to high school or that he grew up with. And he felt like these college age kids kind of put him under his wing. So it's like he, and I think about like when I was in high school and I was on the cheer team and I was on, um, junior varsity, right. And you kind of look up to these older kids, even though like God knows they probably don't know shit compared to you. Like you're all so confused. Like college age children are just kids now that I'm thinking about it. But You kind of have this, it just makes me like, it's kind of sweet. Like you just kind of look at Zach as a young boy looking at these college age students and being like, wow, they're so different and smart and talented. And it just makes me really nostalgic about how I was too when I was on the cheer team and really looking up these like older girls and thinking they were just like, they were it, right? Like we just thought they were so cool when in fact they were, I don't know, I was probably cooler than them. (laughs) Um... No, actually, kind of a tangent, but they kind of bullied us. They, like, definitely hazed us when I was on cheer. And, like, we were so quick to ignore that behavior because we just idolized them and thought they were cooler, older girls. I'm just getting off on a tangent. I apologize. But anyways, he described his experience at the Pacific Conservatory of the Performing Arts as magical. And once he was kind of in that world, he also joined an improv trope and also joined high school drama. And it was actually his high school drama teacher that introduced him to an agent. And so it begins. So Zach is 33 years old today. Um, So his breakout role was in 2006 as Troy Bolton in High School Musical. He later starred in Hairspray in 2007. So if I do the math really quick, so it's 2022. So... 
he was 17 years old when he starred in High School Musical. So I guess he played pretty fair to age. You know how sometimes when actors will portray high school kids, but they're really like in their 20s. I think of like the Pretty Little Liars girls, how they were all like mid to late 20s. I think Shay Mitchell, who played um, Emily, she was like late 20s, but she was playing a high school age character. So he was pretty true to form, I would say. I also didn't realize like how much... Qu- how quick that turnaround was from filming High School Musical to Hairspray. For some reason, I thought that when he was filming Hairspray, he was like well into his career, but I guess that's not necessarily the case. However, before High School Musical, if you know, you know, when he starred in, uh, I think it was the WB, I guess now the CW, the CW Summerland was to me, truly his breakout role aside Jesse McCartney. And Quick fun fact about Jesse McCartney. So I was obsessed with Summerland. And it, it uh, not only did it include Zac Efron and uh, Jesse McCartney, but Lori Laughlin, who obviously is the mom in uh, Full House, mother to the most annoying influencer of all time, Olivia Jade, she played Jesse McCartney's mom. And Jesse McCartney was really the star of that show. And Zac Efron was like the geeky like younger brother or friend, I can't really remember, but he had this gap tooth in his teeth and he was just like so adorable, but like by no means would I have looked at him when he was filming Summerland and thought this is going to be like America's heartthrob in a couple years. So moving past Summerland, so obviously when uh, High School Musical went live, they did several sequels thereafter and the Disney movie actually turned into a box office movie similar to Lizzie McGuire. And when I was looking at the stats of the Lizzie McGuire movie, because I think my age when I stopped watching the Disney Channel was after Lizzie McGuire ended. I didn't watch Hannah Montana. I didn't watch High School Musical. I kind of aged out at that point. So to me, I'm like, well, Lizzie McGuire for the Disney Channel, that was like the biggest thing to hit, to hit the, the small screen. So how did Lizzie McGuire movie compare to High School Musical. So I guess the Lizzie McGuire movie made $55.5 million in the box office, whereas High School Musical made more than $250 million. It's more than five times more than what the Lizzie McGuire movie made, which is crazy because I didn't think anything could get bigger. Now, I didn't watch High School Musical, the movie, but I'd imagine it couldn't be, it probably pales in comparison to how phenomenal, uh, you know, Sing to Me, Paolo, like that, that is just iconic. So in 2009, so three years after High School Musical began, he starred in Seventeen again, which was his first time in a breakout role in a non-musical role. So he was first known as like this guy that could sing and dance and act with Hairspray in High School Musical. However, Seventeen again was like his first Freaky Friday moment. It was his first like, again, silver, it was a silver screen movie again, but in this different kind of teenage role. Thereafter, he starred in Charlie St. Cloud, and he also did animated voices for the Lorax. So he has quite the, um, he has quite the repertoire. Okay, so how can I talk about High School Musical and Zac Efron without talking about his relationship with Vanessa Hudgens? So during casting, before they were even both like casted for the film, he and Vanessa were actually set to do uh, screen readings um, on set together, and their chemistry was visible. So Vanessa is quoted to say, right off the bat, we had a connection. I think everybody could see it. Now, I guess we have a more mature relationship. I think we inspire each other. I love having someone to grow with. It's kind of sweet, right? Because they met when they were like maybe 16 and they really grew up together because they were together for years and years and years. And that's a really, really important time in your life when you're 
blowing up in stardom. And I also, side note, but I also think when you're playing these love interests on screen and you're kind of, you're being paid to have chemistry with this person, how could you not feel some sort of way for this other person? I think when, like, maybe the one relationship I can think of that's like teen adjacent to like what high school musical once was is like outer banks with madeline klein and um chase stokes and they played love interests on the show and then it later came out that they were actually dating in real life it's like well of course that definitely makes sense because you have two attractive people you're being put on camera to have chemistry why the hell not so Vanessa admitted that the relationship started right when High School Musical began, even though they actually didn't go public with one another until much later. In August 2007, so the first year that High School Musical came out, Zach has quoted to say, The weird thing that no one expected about Vanessa is that underneath such a sweet girl is a very sexy woman. And of course, how could we forget, a month later in September 2007, Vanessa Hudgens' lewd sneaked, I mean, <laughs> lewd sneaked, nudes leaked. And Zach had said, nothing when those happened and oh my god do we remember that one like that that is how old was she i would hope that she was over 18 i mean i'd have to imagine she definitely was otherwise that would be considered child pornography but that was so scandalous do we remember that because she was this wholesome disney girl and that was at the height of the purity rings with miley cyrus with the jonas brothers uh that was when everyone in disney was expected to be and look and behave in a certain way and I recall that when Vanessa's nudes leaked, Joe Jonas has later come out to say that the Disney Channel, like all the executives were like, is there anything we need to know about? Like, are there any skeletons in your closet that we need to know about so we can do damage control ahead of, ahead of time? That was, I feel like, remember when there was like that huge nude leak with like J-Law and um, Blake Lively that was all like after Vanessa. I feel like Vanessa like set the scene for like leaked nudes. That was just so scandalous. And it's just like, what a piece of shit that Zach didn't say anything to like stand up for his woman. Right? I mean, more likely than not, he was, she was probably sending the photos to him considering they were dating at that time. Not that it even matters, but like stick up for her and say like, it's no one's business. Like we should really be, uh, like looking at the freak that went into her iCloud and, or whatever, the Blackberry cloud to hack these. Like, what a weirdo. So, although that their relationship seemed like, you know, rainbows and flowers, Vanessa later admitted that she was, during their relationship, she was sick of girls running after him and she started to get really jealous and mean. And at the beginning of their relationship, she's been, like, I was looking through like Vogue articles of like a full deep dive into Vanessa and zach's relationship and she was like quoted to say oh like something to the effect of oh you know it's really fun of course like it's expected it comes with the territory your boyfriend is this teen heartthrob you know you just have to roll with the punches type thing but obviously you're a young girl you're going to be pissed off i mean even now you would be pissed off it's just annoying to have people approach you and just have people vying for your attention vying for your boyfriend's attention i feel like justin bieber and Selena Gomez, remember when they were dating and all that was when like at the height of his like believership, when all the little girls were like running after him at malls and like being like crazy and everyone was giving shit to Selena for being his girlfriend. I wonder if I know that people harass Haley today because they scream like Jelena at her and try to taunt her over like Justin's past. But do people get mad at her for being married to him or are they taunting her because 
Are they solely taunting Haley because of the Selena thing? Or are they taunting her because they wish to be with Justin Bieber? I think it's the former. Um, so yeah, that must've been hard. And Vanessa's even spoke today, like as recently as this year where she says she hasn't talked to Zach in, in years. So although the 10 year reunion happened in 2016 and the entire cast reunited for the 10 year reunion, Zach Efron was not in attendance. And again, in 2020, when everyone was doing weird shit on like zoom, remember when like all the celebrities were like singing, imagine and being really creepy, like they would all like take turns of like singing different parts of, of the song. So the high school musical cast did something to to that effect where they all got on Zoom and did like a grid panel and they were all dancing and being like super like chuggy. Zach also didn't show up to that. So most notably, what I thought was interesting is there's all these headlines today. So it's May 2022 and there's all these headlines this week. Oh my God, Zach has said in an interview when he's promoting his new movie that he'd be down to do a high school musical reunion. And that's the movie that that uh, ignited his career. And he's so grateful for the franchise and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm all about like not biting the hand that fed you. I hate when celebrities, like there was a period of time when Miley Cyrus was like, ugh, like Hannah Montana, I can't be bothered with it. But it's like, it's always nice to like give credence to like the thing that that made you, right? Like for Hillary Duff, it's Lizzie McGuire. For uh, Miley, it's Hannah Montana. And I always kind of feel like, I think now, actually it's interesting because I think now, despite Zach not having attended the 2016 and 2020 reunions with High School Musical cast, I think now he separated himself so far from that franchise and from the other people and from Vanessa. Like, I feel like we've all kind of forgotten that he was a high school musical Troy Bolton character, that it's okay and appropriate for him to actually go back and like commemorate it and be excited about it still. Whereas I think if he were to do this, do a reunion, like maybe six, seven years ago, people would maybe still put him in this, in this category of like, oh, you're just a Disney Channel star. And he's done, like, I think about his, like, repertoire of work and all the things he's done since then. And, like, of course, within the first couple of years, he was doing, like, like I said, Charlie St. Cloud, Hairspray, 17 again, kind of, like, kitschy little kid films. Whereas now he has a Netflix special um, to talk about, like, sustainability throughout the world. Um, he's just, and he's, like, I don't know, he's just created a life that's far past that. So I think it's, and I, I don't think, like, if you kind of, place that against his other castmates like Vanessa and um Ashley Ashley Tisdale I don't know if Vanessa and Ashley have really separated themselves as much as Zach has I mean if you look at Vanessa's IMDb she's been in like random movies but she's never had like a breakout moment like Zach has like she's always been employed and she's always been working I mean let's talk about the princess whatever the princess switch like she's very much hired by Netflix for like a case of nine like really horrible movies she was also in that movie with andrew garfield about like the piano I, I didn't even watch it i just saw the previews but she's always in these random netflix types movies that don't get that much attention i will say she was in this movie i'm gonna look it up i apologize for not having looked this up earlier this is just coming into my mind it, it wasn't in my notes but she was in this while i'm looking for it basically it's based on a true crime story where there was this woman who's working as a sex worker and she gets captured by this murderer. And she plays this, this sex worker who's like bound and tied up in this murderer's house and she tries to escape. And she actually does a fabulous job in this movie. Like you don't, you forget that she's Vanessa Hudgens. Like she is so freaking good and amazing. Um, 
okay, it's really going to bother me that I can't find it right now. But in any case, uh, I'll, I'll probably put it in the show notes if I remember. But she doesn't really you know, she doesn't really stress herself as much. And Ashley Tisdale is the same. Like what is, who is Ashley outside of Sharpay other than like, I think she has a YouTube channel, though. I never really was a huge fan of hers. I think that Zach has done such a good job. And I think he's really learned to stretch himself. And I think it's attributable to like, I think he is a really talented actor. I think had I not seen that one murder, murder movie with Vanessa Hudgens, I might've said, oh, she's kind of like a shitty actor from seeing her performance in The Princess Switch and like her terrible British accent or whatever accent that was supposed to be. But like, I actually think Vanessa's a lot better than most people give her credit for, but she hasn't been given the same opportunity as as Zach. Um, So let's dive a little bit into Zach's drug addiction and uh, stepping away from the spotlight. So well, like I said up top, not a lot of people know about this. I would say that he probably had he really did have like a Justin Bieber kind of addiction problem, probably around the time that Bieber also did, but it was never publicized. And I think a lot of that is attributable to his PR team and kind of just hanging out. He probably hung out in like non-famous circles. I feel like Justin Bieber was always hanging around like rappers and other like A-list stars, whereas Zach kind of kept it more low-key. He was probably just hanging out with people that weren't considered to be celebrities. So he became addicted to work without even realizing it, he says. He says it just kind of happened, and this led to his spiral into addiction and drugs to basically numb out this addiction to work. So he's quoted to say, work started to become the reason to go anywhere, the reason to talk to anybody. The phone calls I received were regarding work. The ones I wanted to make were regarding scripts or to producers. Slowly but surely, I was no longer living in my house. It was just hotel to hotel. So my hobbies went out the window. He said he stopped seeing his friends, he grew distant from his family, and he hopped from location to location, just living out of a suitcase, and of course, turning to alcohol and drugs to make the rush of it all more tolerable. He said, I was just so deep into work, it was really the only thing I had. I clung to it in a way that became a little bit destructive. So I'm trying to think about that for a second. In your early 20s, mid to early to mid 20s, when you're traveling that much, this is why I'm always fascinated by artists by musicians that travel around the world for world tours or country, you know, that is exhausting on the body, right? Like even when I travel literally one hour from Southern California to Northern California, when I have to go up to San Francisco a couple times a quarter for work, that can even get exhausting, right? Even just like flying is exhausting, packing and unpacking, not being in your own space, not being able to use your own, like use your own restroom, cook your own food, sleep in your own bed. Like that takes a toll on your body. And like, I guess what else is there to do when you're traveling for work, but to socialize and drink? Like, and that's me living in a corporate world. What about the people that like are being surrounded by yes men that are being handed literally everything under the sun that are being told to pay that are being told that they will pay you to go and party. Then when you're at the club, people are handing you vials of cocaine. Like Demi Lovato has said multiple times in interviews in her documentaries that she was surrounded by yes men people. And that how could she say no? Like people would incentivize her to attend clubs by giving her free, giving her free drugs. And so of course, like this becomes so enticing and so enticing. It's kind of like, how could you not say no if you're that age and you're just, you're bored and you just want to escape doing anything but just thinking about work. It makes a lot of sense why so many celebrities and musicians turn to things like this. So he eventually checked into a rehab facility for his addiction to drugs and alcohol. And I also want to point out the fact of how differently Hollywood treats like troubled men versus troubled women. So I think of like Lindsay Lohan, Nicole Richie, right? So let's focus on the absolute annihilation that Lindsay went through and how she was made to be a public display of like 
comedy. So remember when um, Flo Rida, he had those lyrics, so I'm tiptoeing, gotta keep flowing, I gotta keep locked up like Lindsay Lohan. I think she later like attempted to sue him for those lyrics because she said it was like defamation. Then I watched this David Letterman interview, which I'll post on Instagram at X knows all for anyone that, that listens. The Instagram is a good way for you to kind of follow along in my carousel of photos for each episode. So David Letterman, this video has somewhat gone a little bit viral on TikTok, TikTok where he's asking Lindsay Lohan inappropriate questions during his late night show interview. So she's obviously there to like promote a movie. And these are the questions that he's asking. Aren't you supposed to be in rehab? What are they rehabbing? What is on their list? What are they going to work on when you walk through the door? To which Lindsay replies, we didn't discuss this in the pre-interview. Like she kind of, I remember watching it and she was like kind of nervously laughing. And then she tells David Letterman, I'm the happiest when I'm working. This is an opportunity for me to focus on what I love in life. I don't think it's a bad thing. Is it alcohol? Do you drink too much? He asks Lindsay. And when he tried to bring up rehab again, Lohan attempted to just pivot back to Scary Movie 5, which is what she was promoting. So she says, quote, we're here for a movie. Let's just work on, stay on the positive. So again, when did we ever hear about Zac Efron's troubled past and his multiple attempts to rehab? Again, I'd be curious to know how many of you actually knew that Zac Efron has what checked himself into rehab for alcohol and cocaine addiction. I would be curious to know how many of you I'd bet like probably a fraction. And if you're like really into celebrity culture, for those that listen to this podcast, I'm willing to assume like you're equally as obsessed with celebrities as I am. So maybe you did know, but I would say the average lay person would not have known that. So Zach Efron goes on to say, I was drinking a lot, way too much. It's never one specific thing. I mean, you're in your 20s single going through life in Hollywood, you know, everything is thrown at you. And he talks to, uh, to the Hollywood reporter in this interview in 2014. Um, so let's see, that was eight years after high school musical the first movie began so he's later discussed how alcoholism is a never-ending struggle and that he has received an immense amount of support from his work in aa as well as from therapists um and i think it's just it's frankly really brave for someone to be in their 20s and be in this you know this crazy environment that is hollywood where people are telling you you know, you could do whatever the hell you want and then to realize that you actually have a problem and to seek treatment for it. I mean, that's a lot of self-awareness and accountability for oneself, which I really have to respect. And I think another thing that I didn't write into the into my show notes, but I'm, that I'm gonna, gonna kind of say up top is that I think he has a really extreme personality. And, you know, I think when he was younger and he was dealing with with his addiction, it was to drugs and alcohol. And now he's like really pivoted to like, I'm pretty sure he, I mean, knowing his history, I'm willing to assume he doesn't drink or he's doing his best to stay sober. But his addiction to like fitness and health is pretty extreme. Like I read articles when doing like research for the show that he has like, I think he's vegan. He like, he, um, not that being vegan is necessarily extreme. Um, people do it a lot of the times for health reasons or for like sustainability reasons or whatever. But the way that he trains like for like, uh, what is it called? Ironmans or marathons. And he puts himself through like crowd therapy. He just is like the definition of like goop on steroids, push on steroids. And I think it's, he's my, what I see from like, I'm not a therapist, but I, you know, I do know a lot about like, uh, therapy and and all that and I think it's this is evidence to me of someone that suffers with extremism and addiction obviously and he's kind of channeling his 
extreme personality towards like health and fitness. And like people, a lot of people could say, oh, it's really good that he's doing it for himself. And I'm not saying it isn't. I'm saying that I'm hoping that he's at least able to enjoy life and have a little bit of flexibility in his life because it seems just really intense. And I'm just hoping he, you know, goes out and still has a good time without alcohol, of course, but you know. So allegedly his drug abuse and partying began when High School Musical Part 2, or I guess Film 2 began filming, when the cast began testing out the LA party scene. And Celebrity Memoir Book Club did a really good episode on Naya Rivera, R.I.P.'s uh, memoir, where she talks about how close the cast of Glee was and how basically like all they did after they stopped filming was go and party at someone's house. And they were just, and I think it's really sweet. Like it reminds me of when I studied abroad in Rome and like we were around the same age as like, I guess these guys were when they were filming High School Musical or when these Glee characters were filming. It's like, it's such a, like, it's a different kind of energy when you're that age and you're able to go out and like roll deep in like 20 people. Like there's something so special about it. And it's, again, it makes me like, it's no wonder why, you know, you're, you're parting that much and you're getting access to so many things. I mean, they must've kept it under wraps pretty well because I never saw any like bad paparazzi photos of them out, but it's just, it's kind of like an extension of college almost. Like it's like a study abroad experience, but you're getting paid to do this. You're getting paid a lot of money. So here's a lot of like actual anecdotes about his drug use and a few blind items that I'm going to go through. So he entered rehab in 2013. I talked above about the Hollywood Reporter interview where he said like, it's an ongoing struggle. I have to work at it through AA and therapy. So after rehab in 2013, he suffered a fall that required his jaw to be wired shut following um, a fall that he had in his Los Feliz homes when he skidded by an outdoor fountain. So he was I'm assuming he was probably really fucked up on whatever and he fell and had to get his jaw wired shut. So as if that weren't enough injuries, on March 23rd, 2014, Zac Efron was beat up by a homeless man on Skid Row. So he was quoted to say, I had a friend come pick me up late at night. We were looking for a place downtown to get a bite and catch up. We were having trouble finding somewhere. A lot of places were closed and the car ran out of gas off of the 110. It was ridiculous. We had to pull over and I called an Uber. While we were waiting, a homeless guy or vagrant tapped on the driver's side window. Before I knew it, my friend was out of the car and they started fighting. I saw that the homeless man was carrying some sort of knife or a shank and I got out of the car to disarm him. At some point, he dropped the knife and I got hit pretty hard in the face. And almost instantly, the police were there to break up the fight. So Zac Efron describes it as, quote, the most tiring, terrifying experience of his life. So there's a lot of interesting theories about this online because people, you know, like Margie from like Arkansas reads this article and was like, oh, poor thing. He was in Skid Row, wrong place, wrong time, got beat up, whatever. But to me, it just seems a little sus. Like, why would you be driving late night around that area, like knowing LA, like the back of your hand, riding in that area of town so late at night, trying to find food in that area so late at night? People were alleging on the internet that perhaps he was looking to score some drugs on Skid Row and he got himself into a bad situation, which also reminds me of that one video of Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez in Skid Row trying to find, allegedly find drugs. And so I'll post this on the Instagram as well, but there's this guy in this like, um, this kind of like, it looks like maybe like a, it's, it's not a pawn shop. That's not the right word. It's not a pawn shop at all. It's like a kind of goodwill type store where there's little trinkets. And he is like saying into the phone, 
it's Justin Bieber. It's Justin Bieber. And he like flashed the phone up to Bieber and he's like, come on, don't do this. Like, I don't want to do this right now. And he's like, why is he? And then this guy is in his phone is like, why is Justin Bieber here? Like, this is not a good area of town. And then the camera pans and like Selena and Justin are like running down, like, like quickly walking through down the alley, like trying to get away from this, from this cameraman. So it's like, I mean, to me, on one hand, both of these theories sound ridiculous. Like if you were really that powerful, it kind of goes back to my, what I said earlier, like people are handing you things all the time. You go to clubs, people are most likely handing you like Adderall or cocaine or whatever it may be. Why do you need to go to Skid Row? Like, couldn't you get someone to get that for you? But what do I know? I don't, I don't know. But it's very bizarre that, you know, you, these high powerful celebrities are seen in such a bad area of town. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense. So the blinds, Crazy Days and Nights, when I was doing a little bit of like, just when I was doing a search on Zach Afron, he says that not only did Zach have an alcohol and drug addiction, but he potentially also had a sex addiction. So, and allegedly he was constantly, constantly cheating on Vanessa while they were dating. So when he was filming Neighbors, he was getting himself out of the whole of the drugs and the alcohol that and had recently completed his stint in rehab and i've heard a lot of interesting things about this movie so him and seth rogan meeting was quite serendipitous so they met they had met six or seven years ago at the sunset tower where they were both attending awards parties and zach was still kind of riding the high of the high school musical bandwagon so zach describes uh Seth passed me and I just stopped and I was compelled to say something. I, bl- I blurted out, hey, Seth, my name's Zach. I'm an actor and I just wanted to tell you that I really love your work and thank you for everything you've done. Seth goes, are you serious? And I was like, yes, I'm 100% serious. And Seth goes, oh man, I just wanted to hate you. And I'm like, Seth, I get it. I don't even like myself at this point, which is kind of sad because he was probably just, again, going through his spiraling. So seven years later, when Seth was reviewing the script for Neighbors with the writers, Zach came to his mind. And so he basically called Zach up and that's how Zach was casted. It was like strictly just who you know. So Zach apparently had a lot to say about how his character was to be written because the script originally had like Zach to be played out as this douchey frat guy who was almost like kind of portrayed as unhuman, like just a typical frat guy that you would see in American, like American TV and movies. And Zach apparently was very much against like the way that the script was written about his character. So he really tried to humanize the character and Seth said one thing that Zach was really vocal about was, which was really smart, was making a movie that wasn't just critical of fraternity life. Most of us are nerdy comedy writers, and he's not, so it would be helpful to have the voice of the other group. It was a defining moment for the movie. So Zach is just, he's basically a writer. Um, but apparently, because Zach had just completed his rehab stint, when he was filming that movie, he described it as somewhat triggering. He said that they would shoot well into the night and that they would do it all over again the next day. So he basically said, I mean, if anyone has seen the movie, the premise is basically that uh, the gal from Bridesmaids, um, Helen and Seth Rogen play this newly married couple. I think they just had a child and they are right next door to a fraternity house that has crazy raging parties the entire like every night of the week. And so it's actually, it's a a pretty good movie. Um, And they, I think they try to like become friends with the fraternity so that they can like eventually like incite them to like stop partying like they, and like bothering and causing a nuisance in the neighborhood. So the scenes were actually crazy. And I think about when I talked in the Selena Gomez episode about Spring Breakers and how life was on set for that film, 
I'd imagine this was pretty similar. So they were fil filming like really late into the night and it was like people had like body glitter on like rave bit like you know those like light up glow sticks and so i mean imagine it's like it's literally party while you're filming so zach said the hardest part every single day was more or less a party you went into this kind of dream state you show up it's dark and there's a raging party you drive home and the sun's up you go to sleep and then get back to set glow lights girls in bikinis electro electronic dance music blasting in between takes people jumping around it was pretty cool but it was a lot it sort of became real and some of my sources personal sources have told me that Zach and this is all alleged Zach would come to set and be like super fucked up every day so although he had just completed his stint in rehab who knows how effective it was at that time when he was being enticed and triggered in this party environment although it was the set it was probably really difficult for him to actually turn that off it was like he was becoming that character all over again so what is his transformation and involvement into adulthood in his 30s? So he's been in a lot of roles some that have done super well, others that haven't. So some of his flops were Charlie St. Cloud, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, and Baywatch. However, his breakout films were Hairspray, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Vile and Evil, the Ted Bundy um, biopic, The Greatest Showman, and Neighbors. And one honorable mention is that awkward moment with michael b jordan and miles teller low-key the hottest cast to ever walk the face of this earth i have a huge crush on miles teller and michael b jordan i've never been that attracted to zach efron like i know he's like supposed to be america's like hunk but i i mean i guess he's a he's a handsome fella i mean not really for me not really my type also he's 5'8 did we know that he's pretty short um so what I hope to see for Zach in his future is that he continues to pursue roles that continue to stretch him, like when he played Ted Bundy in Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Violent Evil. I think he's often typecasted to be super typecasted to be really bro-y and he plays kind of the same part over and over again. It's kind of like Rachel McAdams playing like in ro romance movies all the time. And I think he just has so much more potential and I hope Hollywood gives him more of a chance. I think he's really proven himself to be a really like fabulous actor and i think he just needs to continue pushing that bar and continue to like gain more and more respect i think he's i mean i would say he's a-list and i think he's he's well respected amongst the community i will say he's does seem happy and healthier and one other thing i wanted to call out that's like anecdotal again is that i have on good authority again allegedly that this girl i knew in college um went on like a this is kind of like way back to like his crazy days but she had like a 48 better with him in in vegas so he really was a party boy um but I, regardless i'm really glad he's happy and, and healthy and i hope he continues to star in more films so i can see him push the envelope and be i think he could be like the next leo i mean it might be a stretch because i feel like at this point in his career leo was much more established but i hope you know zach finds a sweet spot um but thank you guys for listening for this episode. I hope to hear everyone's feedback. If you're new here, thank you so much. Um, if you're a, a consistent listener, thank you for the support and continuing to make me famous. Um, if you would like to suggest any people, please slide into my DMs. I'm always welcome to hear what people want to want to hear about. And even if I don't know much about them, I'd be glad to go into the archives and do a little bit of, of digging. So thank you so much, guys. I'll see you on the next one.